I am here. I'm Jason. This is Second Cup of Coffee. And my beautiful wife, Keely, may or may not be in. We have a little uh, disruption in the force out there with the youngest not doing his nap. But that's how we roll, right? Because this is Podcast Life and we are here today to take action. So while we wait to see what we learned this week, let's just get this started. Because we're going to talk about some lessons learned that I learned running 100 miles this week. So we are here, we are live. It is second cup of coffee Friday edition. You know what that means. That means what we learned this week. And what we learned this week is that we got a young one who's just not happy right now. But that said, we ran as a collective 100 miles this week. Yes, I did my um, first virtual 100 mile race. And this brought on a lot of complexities. So in the last... um, four or five months, we, we've been doing a lot of challenges. As you know, we've been coming at you with a lot of challenges. Um, so Peely's uh, done multiple push-up challenges. Uh, we did uh, intermittent fasting. Um, I did the uh, calendar club where I ran about 500 miles in, uh, I think, the month of, of May or April. And we've been doing some longer marathon-type runs, the Midnight Marathon. And this last weekend, we were supposed to be in, we're on the border of Canada running a 100-mile run. And this was going to be a great race on the river up there where I was going to run this race and complete it. Well, it just so happens, a, give or take about a month and a half ago, this race turned virtual. And at first I was like, okay, let's just get out there and do it. But you forget, and this is like a lot like things, is that sometimes it's the small things that can really break up you accomplishing the big picture. So the big picture goal was 100 miles. However, now that I am not going to a race where I have the luxury of having the race mapped out for us, we have eight stations throughout, um, we have help throughout, we have guidance on where the turns are going to be, guidance on where the route's going to be, when it starts, when it finishes. Well, now that was all left into our hands. So I had to figure out how to how do I run 100 miles here in New Jersey in a route that didn't put me on the highway. And it took me weeks to find a route that would not land me on some major road where I knew at 3 a.m. I'd be running on a a road that maybe isn't even a highway, but it's just a highly trafficked road. And beyond that, it was just now trying to not have to play tourist in my head where I was picking all these routes and all these turns. So I was able to come up with a 20 mile route that took me to, I think about nine towns. And this route was able to lead me to the point where I do this five times. And I figure I'd just, I'd keep it fresh. I'd start at 5 a.m. Lots of these races start anywhere between 5 and 7 a.m. But I wanted to be able to um, start at 5 a.m. and then finish not too late into the evening. So the goal here, get it under 22 hours. We had a 30-hour cap in this race. And what that was is that I had 30 hours to complete this race. And if I did, I would qualify and for a belt buckle. But here's the thing. Because this became a non-sanctioned race, well, there was I wasn't really qualified for anything. It doesn't even count. But I, ha- I wanted to do it. This is this is me testing myself. It doesn't matter what the end is. The end, you, you get there and you say, okay, great. That was cool. And then what's next? So you appreciate what you did, but then you have to look forward to the next. And it's not a long road to go, but I knew I was going to get there. And I, when I think about training for a 100-mile race, you know, lots of times with marathons or other races, you'll do, you know, your, your one miles and then your five miles and your six miles. You'll build yourself up to race day, getting in some 20 mile runs, your mind's accustomed to that, but you're not 
and like training for a hundred by running a couple 80 mile runs before you actually do this. It comes down that you just have to put it in your mind that you are going to go and you are going to finish. And what happens in between, you can't ultimately control every different step, step of it, but you can deal with it if your mind is ready for it. So we started out, started out early. I had two great people with me, Eddie King, Kevin McCormick ran with me that first loop there. Um, Eddie ran about 10 miles and uh, had an event, but he showed up. He had a 7 a.m. event and the dude shows up at 5 a.m., runs that first 10 miles. Kevin McCormick, he gets out there, never done, I think more than 12 or 13 miles, finished at 15 miles. So met them, kept going. Really, it was awesome just to have them start the day right with me. So it was cold and I realized quickly the things that you don't take into account is actually when you are running, some of the hills, some of the hills are things that you don't pay attention to when you're driving down these roads. So this is a road that I used to drive our kids to daycare with, but you don't pay attention to the the, the, the hill and the, the actual, I, I guess, the, the steep inclines that you get in some of these roads. So. I didn't plan for elevation. I don't care. I typically don't even look at the routes before I run them because there's no reason to, right? I, there's no reason to say, oh, that's that route. It's going to be tough or it's going to be, it, it, it's the route. But here, paying attention, I still didn't pay attention to the elephant. I just went for it. And on that part, went out there and did it in that first loop. I realized really quickly, um, I had some, had some hills coming in. So we did the first loop and it came back, it ended up being about 21 miles, which, okay, I got another mile down, but it actually, it, it really bit me in the end, and we'll go over that in a minute. So, second route, got out there, the second loop. Um, I actually went the reverse this way. I was familiar with the loop. I figured I'd turn it around. Um, one, not to mentally drain myself by doing uh, the old, uh, you know, seeing that, done that route of feeling like a hamster wheel. But two, I also wanted to give myself a different, um, so my feet were not running uh, basically on the pavement on that same pitch. So I wanted to actually have the other side where I was running on the opposite pitch going back. And that worked well. I, I was thinking that I never run such a long distance just on pavement. And so what was this going to do to my legs? How, how are my feet going to hold up in this point? And I could feel within that second one what I thought to be that I was actually banging up my toenails and, my, and a blister. It was a different shoes and everything else. But, you know, so happens you, you can't stop. If I take my shoes off and there's a blister there, it's not like, oh, great, there's a blister here. It's going to help me. So just kept going. Got through that second loop, got home, saw the family. I had huge support here with Peely and the kids out there on the lawn, just really just walking me back at every every turn and every twist, and I'm just there. And Peely and I had laid out that we actually, since we had no aid stations and 20 miles to have really no nutrition throughout, um, is, is a long space. We set up two spaces, about seven mile gaps, a mile 17, seven and 14. So no matter which way I was going, it's about seven miles to each um, drop bag that I was able, able to stop. And I would stop, have a little bit of nutrition. Um, so what I had that day, I actually had water bottles, I had protein bars, I had peanut butter and honey sandwiches, and I had small little protein pancakes, chocolate chip protein pancakes that Peely has made me for every race. And those things are, are really legit. So that, that was great. That was a source. And when you're running, your body gets depleted. So at, at times, like you don't, you, you, you change up your diet, you do something weird in races. And that's the last thing you need to do. You need to keep the things that you understand your body understands. So I got to the point, I think at mile 80, where I just was like forcing food because I knew I needed it, but it still was like, oh, I just can't eat another bite. So made it back, got off into that third loop. We had a uh, bike Norton in there. He actually came out and he actually uh, documented the whole day. So we're going to have a cool video coming out of this. And here I am into that 
third loop. And 10 miles in, we have James Mazzotti joins us. He jumps in on the race. Um, he had just done 30 miles the weekend before, but wanted to get out a long race today and long runs. So he joins me, and he had actually started running the wrong distance and uh, because I had changed the direction of my loop. He only went out, drove, got him picked him up and drove him to meet me over there. So he had already done two miles before he met me at like mile 50 or so. So we started trekking along and it's just, when you have that energy, you have that engagement, you have those people around you. I, I usually run solo and I, I that's just me. I just get it and just do it. But, and that was another thing. I didn't know how that was gonna work having so many people join me through the day because I'm usually out there solo, just plugging along. But just the energy of allowing them to fill the air, allowing them to, to just speak. It, it took that away from me having to put in my mind the other thoughts. So, um, you know, between mile one or loop one and a half and two, uh, put on some podcasts, put in some books. I just wanted to fill the air and get that going. But in that part, you know, turned everything off, you know, good conversation. And we just kept trucking along. Ten miles into that, about mile 60, Sonny Burns ends up pulling over on the side of the street. Dude to just going off a plane from Cancun, jumps out of the car, joins me. We, he starts just trekking along there. Now, they were all supposed to start at the house, but I ended up being about an hour ahead of schedule, which could really, you know, when you have a plan, if sometimes being ahead of the plan is not great either, right? Because now there's whole other things that come in there. So logistically, it became a mess. So we got back, you know, right near the house and had a high school friend who I see all the time while I'm out. He's driving, he's picking up his kids, he's running. Well, uh, Greg Shane ends up popping into the race. So he's in there about mile 63, 64. No, it was actually mile 60. We get back to the house in mile 63. Uh, again, see the family, get going, um, talk a minute, take our 10, 15 minutes, and we're back out. Next one, we got Gabe De Silva jumps in. Gabe has just really starting on his running track here, building up. He's doing four miles. Then we did a nine mile together, and then he just did 13 miles. He said, hey, is it cool if I come out and do 20 miles? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So he jumps in here about mile 63, 64, and away we go. So we start pounding out here, pounding out, just going, right? Communication, everybody talking, everybody really going in there. And it was just, it was a sight to be seen. You know, we're running down, we're, we're really putting in the work. We're, we're just doing our space. And I was just picking up speed. I had some of my strongest miles. You know, I'm running, um, you know, in this point, I had my strongest mile per minute mile with that group really started pushing really started feeling the groove and that was just amazing because it was no longer it was ready my body was there my body said yeah i'm good and you can't always your mind can limit your body but sometimes your body will just push you to that next step and i was at that point here where my body was saying i'm good right but your mind will try and stop you might say oh it's okay if you're walking but oh it's okay if you stop no you're good you're good you want to stop it's cool you've done enough but sometimes you just have to put it down and go because you have it there don't limit yourself that so many lessons we learn in life is that not only do we stand ourselves away from failure and we think that we're feeling failure, but we're fearing success because we don't know what we're capable of. So it's more scary to go after it because we can't, we've never had it. So we don't know we can do it. But sometimes you gotta push that level and see what you can do. So I pushed that out. We pushed all the way through. For some reason, I want a Coca-Cola. I don't know why I just, I hadn't had a Coke in years, but I wanted to stop at a 7-Eleven, got a Coca-Cola, rolled up like a full racing team with uh, just filming this thing, walk in, uh, a bunch of people are like, what is happening here? And like, this guy's running 100 miles. And I think they were like, why or how you feeling? And I was like having a Coke and a smile because I, I was on top of this world. So got out, we kept pushing through, we fought through the narrative, and then we got into the nitty gritty about that mile 75, uh, 76 mark. 
I could just hear silence because people were really pushing their balance. People were really pushing their limit to that next stage and people were surpassing. So we had Sonny had to run six, over six miles in a year, had torn his ACL on his back. He, he was coming up on that 20 mile mark. Gabe De Silva, had, like we said, had only done, I think, 13. He was going for 20 and James Masodi had never run, he had run four miles and then his next longest, he just did 30 a weekend before. So what a huge jump. And now here, here he is going towards 35 miles. We trekked, we made it home. Greg Shea had a pop off for family. Thank you to Greg really coming out there and putting in the work. But here we are, we're coming back at mile 84. The sun had gone down, we were ready to go. And man, it just was feeling good. So we got here, all those guys just gave so much that day. It just You just can't put in words what that brought to the day. Got back, saw my lovely wife, said thank you to all those guys. And here I was. Now, 84 miles because I now had 21 miles done at four loops. And I jumped into that last loop with only 16 miles to go. Oh, well, here's where it gets tricky. You spend all this time rounding out this map, this perfect thing, right? And your mind's set on that, so you don't have to think about that. When I got 16 miles to go, the 21-mile loop, well, that's going to put me in a point where now I got, I'll, I'll be somewhere in abyss five miles out. So I start running off, just concocting a new route. And... I put a hat, the gloves on, put a light jacket, told myself I was good. And again, a mistake I made. You dress for what can happen. You do it for what can happen, but you have to now know you can pivot it back. But if you don't have those tools in your belt where you get stuck, my body's depleted. I'm 86, 88 miles in wherever I am. And now here I am not running by my drop bags freezing because the temperature just dropped 25 degrees. And that felt like it might as well have been Antarctica. So I literally was just a frozen rock. I couldn't get my heat up. So I had that next two, three, four hours, whatever was that duration right there, just had to pound it out, just had to go to that happy place and just keep pushing. And I was getting lost in my new route because I was just, it was almost like a wandering run. I'm just trying to accumulate those miles to get there. Here I am, make this turn. I find myself in a parking lot, running through the parking lot, just to find that I'm at a closed lock gate that I, I is usually open but because it's, I'm running at one in the morning or wherever I'm running at, you know, I, yeah, one in the morning that it is now locked. So here I am, you know, my hands ice blocks, my feet frozen, scaling this fence over to the point because it was just, this is the way, just could not think and muster to go back. I get to that point, get over that fence, drop down, keep running, keep going. I get into a, actually a 7-Eleven. I had brought a credit card with me, got myself a coffee, chugged that coffee like it was like the last uh, drink I may ever have and powered on. And that gave just a temporary reprieve and I was able to continue down this route. And here's where it really came to play. Here I am, a mile and a half to go and I'm right by my house. Now, could have put on a play, yeah, I've done enough, I've done enough. But now I had to turn around, go back out into the dark and just accomplish and tackle the demons there. Push this out, push this to the next level. And so I powered on, powered this back out got to it, it just really came through and just just got home. And I beat my personal best by 10 minutes, really allowed myself to crush through there. Uh, but it was the day where this was accomplished by so many people being involved. So although I'm running this race, it is only possible because of what everybody else brings. So remember when you are doing something that you think you are doing, well, the driver is how everyone else is that support around you how they brought that value, how they brought it. It's, it's not even, it, it's not even so much that they, they, they the pusher to themselves, the words of wisdom, it's the talk track, it's the positivity, it's the, the nature of the day. Use that for your day, see where it can benefit you, see what it can bring 
into your life, when you use that energy that's available to you, set your mind right, read the right things, focus on the right things, surround yourself with the right people, have the right energy. So I got back, I think, um, I'm blanking out, I think it was at 20, uh, I was at right under 21 hours, 20 hours, 50, 57 minutes. My, my last uh, race was 21 hours and, and nine minutes. So beat my personal best by you know, 10, 12 minutes. But so what? You get back, you say, great. Give my wife a kiss. She really crushed it that day. Took care of all those kids. Had all these people coming out the house. Just really put together me, made self. I was really there present for what I had to do. And that's life, right? You find your support, you build your support, you help, but you'll be willing to receive. If you're gonna give, you have to be willing to receive too. Use that, had a congratulations, had a bite to eat, and you get up the next day, and you get on to the next. That's how it is. The day is good for that day only, but you have to keep moving forward. You have to learn. I learned again that I, I wasn't warm. I learned again, but great news here. Got back active the next day. My feet did not blow up like they did on prior races. I was able to get back, really get moving, get going. That's what it's for. When you don't feel like it, you have to. You have to for you. You don't owe it for anybody else. You have to for you. So today's your day. Look at what you can do to push yourself outside the limit. What can you do to push yourself to the next stage in your journey? And when you get there, there's no massive celebrations. There's no balloon droppings. There's the, the, the notion that you have now accomplished this because you are ready and you deserve it. And you deserve to help the others around you and push the others to pass their boundaries. The best part about that day was having everybody around me seeing them accomplish their feats. Seeing other people crush what they can do. Because prior to that, they were telling themselves they couldn't. But today they could because they said they could. You can too. Let's do this. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day brings us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check us out. Can't wait to see you.